What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always. We had last week off with no UFC, but we're back this week with a Volkov versus Rosenstrike card. Ozzy, how we doing this week, my man? Lovely. Uh, fresh out of Memorial Day weekend, Gemini season, Fat 14 fight UFC card this weekend. Um, the Rangers just uh, won game one. You know, it's coming up good, except for the Boston Celtics being in the... Uh, NBA finals, but you know, it is what it is, but yeah, we're rolling into the summer season, you know, it's the second semester, basically the season of the year, whatever second quarter almost. So, you know, let's, you know, let's get going. Yeah. Nice to have a week off in the UFC um, back 14 fights this week, though. We got a lot to talk about before we get into that quick recap of the last event. I lost every bet. Uh, actually, one got refunded. So technically, I didn't lose everyone. One was a draw, but did go, uh, you know, pretty much over six on bets uh, minus four Whoops. units in the hole for me. So um, how'd you do, Ozzy? Uh, well, other than. I don't know. I got baited into betting Elise Reed. I don't know why. It was like Northeast and the line going down. But Park, Hooper, uh, Martinez, uh, Morales goes a distance. Just like uh, just under two units, 1.778 units. One, Viana bet loss. I mean, I'd probably make the bet again, but probably not. I just probably would just would not get involved with that fight. I mean, it's just such a dumb fight. Like, I knew it. I don't know why I made it my best bet. Like, I, Cooper was my biggest bet. I was the most confident in that bet. Um, obviously, he's in a tear apart, Felipe Calares. But, uh, but yeah, so winning week last week, we roll it forward. Um, you know, I think overall, uh, we were both on the Catlin Vieira angle. We were, like, leaning towards her. I personally live bet her in that fight, and I did think that she won when I was just scoring the fight watching it. I wasn't watching that closely early on, but then when she was in the fight, I definitely was observing it more, and I scored a three, four, five, three, uh, two, three, four, two, three, four. Yeah, two, three, four for Catlin. For you know, sure, I have no issue with that. Um, you know, I uh, I lied about her, like I said, and yeah, I mean, Holly just wasn't doing shit. So, um, same thing like how I lost to Hebas bet. These motherfuckers lost their Holly home bet, but you know, the difference is I didn't pay juice. So. Yeah, I was That's able to. I, I was able to lie bet her as well. She totally won two, three, four. I mean, anybody arguing that she, that Holly Holm won the fight and like supporting Holly Holm, come on. I was watching the fight with my boy Coco. We were ecstatic to see Holly Holm lose, and you know, it was it was a good uh, cap to that card, uh, which wasn't I'm, so great. I mean, and the people. I mean, you know, when you're at like one of the points is, oh, Andre Pettineris, he thought that he lost. She. That's not even a good point because, yeah, maybe you could be on the side and be like, fuck, like the judges are going to give it to this bitch Holly Holm because she always gets the fucking decisions, just like the Caitlin Chukagian thing. So if you're in her corner, you're like, yo, girl, come on, let's win the fifth round because if we win the fifth round, like we definitely win the fight. Like Pedneris is so adamant because he knew all they needed to do was win one more round. He's like, Caitlin, go win the fucking round. And, you know, she didn't win the fifth round, but whatever. Too, too much. You know, spend on that. Let's get to this, you know, fat ass card here. Uh, That's true. We're sticking with women's division. We got women's 125. My girl, Aaron Blanchfield, taking on JJ Aldrich. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield, minus 510. JJ, plus 385. So I personally love uh, Aaron Blanchfield. Got like a fan club uh, for her. Got a bunch of guys in it. Let me know if you want to join it. Um, But, you know, this is betting. This is different. And her being minus 500 is a bit of an overreaction. I mean, how many times do we actually see women cover minus 500? Also, the good 
goes the distance in this fight is as low as minus 225 on DraftKings. I don't understand. I mean, J.J. Aldrich is a pretty battle-tested woman, um, pretty good at all areas of the fight. She just fought Jillian Robertson, who is predominantly a grappler. I think that Aaron is uh, probably on a higher level than Jillian, but still, it's the same type of matchup. Probably. Just, just past, well, you think it's definite? Of course. Um, that's true. I mean, you know, Robertson's weak, um, but... You know, uh, she just passed a similar test. Um, she's done this before. She's fought a lot of women in the UFC. And I think that JJ is, you know, probably the, uh, you know, worth the bet here as this big, big underdog. I mean, the fact that people are just writing her off, they're saying her decision line is plus 750. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know, man. I, I got to go with uh, JJ here on the betting side of things. Um I mean, I'd be conflicted. You know, I, I hate to see my girl, Ozzy, or my girl, Aaron lose. I was going to say, what do you think about uh, uh, Aaron, Ozzy? Are you a big fan of her uh, on a personal and fighting level? Personal, I could, you know, uh, I don't want to, let me not say could give a fuck. I mean, I don't really care, you know. I don't she's really a New York, New Jersey girl. She's right? so hot. Yeah, I support, I, you know me, I support all my, all, my, all my peeps from the Northeast. I mean, I've known Aaron, or I've seen Aaron, uh, you know, quite a few times. I think... I, I was like in attendance for like one of her like maybe her first amateur fight or or something like that. You know, I I knew about her a little bit before because she used to do some grappling tournaments too. Um, I mean, I didn't think she was gonna be this good just to take the mantle away from you. Um, you know, her grappling definitely has has been on a higher level, and I thought it'd be you know really busted out when she like won like a, a Eddie Bravo tournament, kind of like impromptu impromptly it was like one of the 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 early ones that they were doing with women and she beat a couple black belts and i was like all right well you know i think the gap between you know these girls you know is kind of definitely shortening you're seeing people like aaron who are are that like first generation now of like female fighters that like they trained since they were like 10 12 13 like around there so you know, I think she's coming into her own right now. You know, I was big on her in her last fight against uh, Miranda, but I didn't think it was going to be that dominant. You know, I was hoping for a submission. I had like 16 on a submission there, which was a crazy price. And, you know, if she's going to get JJ out of here, I think it's going to be a submission overall. So, you know, I might look at that. I might just play, keep playing that just until she gets her first one. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I can see this fight being kind of close because JJ's got open stance you know she's she she doesn't rush you know all that much but the thing is aaron is a swarming grappler and when she gets a hold of you you know she does chain pretty well and doesn't give up and you know her cardio is pretty good like she beat the piss out of you know sarah alpar for a long time you know uh, changing positions so that definitely showed some conditioning for her so i think she'll still get this win but i think it could be a little bit like i think it could be slow to develop so I would be waiting for a live position. Maybe like that first round happens and Aaron doesn't rush to take down. JJ, you know, is patient with her boxing as well. And we get a tepid pace. Um, and then maybe look to bet Aaron live there. But otherwise, you know, I could stab on that submission prop. But, you know, probably a fight that I passed, but very high-level fight to start off the card. It, sure. It's only 5-1, to one, though, the sub prop. I mean, like you said, you, bet, you got 16-1, to 16-1. And, crazy. I mean, if she didn't submit Alpar, she never finished her. I mean, I kind of doubt her finishing abilities a little bit. Um, but, you know, the fight kind of seems obvious. JJ is going to win the striking. Blanchard is going to win the grappling. It's just a matter of, you know, where the, the fight takes place and the takedown defense. And, you know, at this price, JJ is the side. So enough with that one. Um, another good fight next. We got welterweight division. Uh, Mikolaitis taking on. Uh, how do you say it? Like, I have this guy's name uh, written down. 
uh, Fakradinov, that's how you said. He not, are you going with he not? Um, yeah, because he, he does look a little Brazilian or something like that. Um, but the odds on this one, um, we got uh, Fakradinov minus 260, Mikolaitis plus 220. Your turn to start this one off. What's the highest the Mikolaitis price was on like a normal book? Let's say plus two, it opened plus 250. But so Plus it's, nev on it's never been in the two in the three hundreds. No, no, it's not. Okay. So I mean, Mikolaitis. I mean, the, the fact that he's moving down to welterweight, I think, is interesting. Honestly, I kind of like the guy coming into his into UFC. Like, you know, I bet on him against um, Bukakis. Uh, Bukakis. Yeah, and he was a favorite in that fight, I think. And like Bukakis started getting steamed. And then whatever happened with the fight, it was a weird fight. Like, I, thought I thought he was a two to one dog in that fight. Maybe, uh, maybe I got it mixed up. One of them got a lot of steam, and I don't know who oh, no, it was. No, Michaelitis did. Yeah, yeah, he was two hundred. He got, got steamed all the way down. Yeah, yeah, so I was a part of that. So I bet on Michaelitis too, kind of late. And uh, you know, I thought he looked pretty good in that fight. You know, those illegal elbows, blah blah blah. Nobody cares. But then you know he came in and he fought. Um, the Pereira fight was after that, right? That was his next fight. Yeah, he fought a uh, Bueller. Oh, he fought. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a ho horrible fight. And then he fought um, Pereira. So I mean, overall, I just think he's kind of solid everywhere. And you know, this dude Renat, like, I think he's full of shit. I like. I think he's like a. I mean, uh, I just look at that face though, like. That is a Russian face, you know, if you ever see, if you ever needed to see one. But I just think this guy's kind of a fraud, man. Like, you know, going down to 172, he's, he's going to have to wrestle a lot. And I don't know, man. I just think this guy's a little bit fraudy overall. Like, I don't think he's very technical on the ground. I just think that, you know, he doesn't really throw a lot of uh, strikes from on top. When he does get guys taken down, in my opinion, you know, I think that that shot against Spicy was pretty lucky. And I mean, I think this is kind of like much more of an even fight, if I'm being honest. If I think that Mikolaitis is coming in how I had him rated beforehand. And he didn't really do that much to make me... Like, he didn't look... He's not dumb because he grappled with per Pereira as much as he could. And he's moving down in weight. So I'm thinking his conditioning is going to be, you know, solid now, I think. You know, I, I don't think it's far-fetched for him to be a 170-pounder. So... Yeah, I'm going to just take the dog shot on uh, Mikolaitis because I think, like, you know, it's not dude like, big fraud vibes I get from him, you know. So, you know, not a big technical breakdown there, but I just think we're not. He doesn't do that much damage. Like, I think he might be a little high on his supply from that one knockout. You know, he, he dies for takedowns, and, you know, it's going to be a boring fight if he wins, I think. I, I will get the over two here. Or bet that guy bad decision because I don't think he's finishing Andreas. Yeah, I mean, I think Fakhradinov is, you know, on the fraud side of things, like you were kind of alluding to. I mean, um, just a lot of his wins are over low level competition. He also has only fought a, a one minute in the past, like three years, I believe. Um, the the spicy fight was his was his only time. Now, the fight only lasted less than a minute. Um, 
And, you know, he just knocked out a former UFC guy. Uh, I think people are low on Mikulaitis. You know, he got knocked out himself. And I just feel like the market is just way overreacting to some new Russian prospect with a good record. Um, but I agree with what you were saying, Ozzy. Mikulaitis solid everywhere. Not easy to take down. Uh, competent striker. Uh, the one thing I don't like about the guy, though, is he's not a finisher at all. He really doesn't have much power. You saw that in the Bueller fight. Just no killer instinct at all there. Um, uh, but I feel like he's going to be there to, to give Fakhradinov trouble everywhere i think he's gonna possibly be the straight up better striker than fucker enough this guy's uh renat's his his punches are wide and loopy and uh, his takedowns are stiff he, he's not really that good on top um so i feel uh Michaelis will be there you know tough fight everywhere uh, i'm a little concerned about the 170 i mean i i do agree that he does have the frame to get down uh but he uh he kind of did gas out pretty badly versus Pereira in that fight and, and you know I, I i'm not too sold on his cardio uh, you know, I hope that he, you know, makes the cut uh, healthy. I also heard somebody said that he's training in Greece for this fight. He's not at MMA Masters, which is a, a bad thing uh, to me. And uh, a detriment to us is Renat has been training at ATT for the past few months. Been, uh, you know, training all over America uh, since he got signed to the UFC. So I think, you know, Renat is probably taking it more seriously, making some improvements. Um, you know, maybe he turns out to be better than we expect. But right now, my plus 200, I think you got to take a small bet on Michaelitis. Um, that's about everything for that. Um, let me get back to the card here on uh, Tapology. Next fight. Uh, great fight here. Uh, Flyweight division. One of the best on the card. Jeff Molina. Zalgas Zumagulov. Molina, the favorite, minus 181. Uh, Zumagulov, plus 156. So I, I like both these guys a lot. I think they're both solid fighters. Um, and I do think that Molina, though, is a bit of a, you know, he's kind of like a lieback guy, right? This guy doesn't start particularly fast. He works his way into the fight as it goes on. And uh, as we saw in Zolgos' last fight against Cop, I mean, he came out hard, was landing big right hands early on in Cop there. And I feel that he has the potential to do that here as well. I think Zumagulov might have the hand speed advantage. Um, you know, he does have some pretty quick punches, but um, it's going to be an interesting, you know, battle of the boxing here because Molina is the much better jab. He's longer. Zumagulov's, you know, short, got those short arms. So he's not much of a jabber, but he's got good hooks. He's got a solid right hand. And I think we're going to see some really competitive boxing exchanges early on here. And uh, Zumagulov could also maybe mix in a takedown. We have seen Molina get taken down, not look like the best wrestler at times. And I think Zolgos is really live to come out and win round one here. Um, I think Molina is definitely the better cardio and output guy. So down the stretch, I think Molina should, you know, be favored in the second and third round. But uh, Zuma Gulov's going to start fast here as the underdog. He's going to be competitive throughout. And I think that uh, the only pre-fight betting option here is to bet on Zalgas. Uh, if you like Molina, look to live at him after a round because uh, I think he's going to be in some trouble here at round one. I'm big time team double Z, Zuma Gulov, the, the Kazakhstan devil, the Kazakhstan knight. I mean, you know, one guy works his hands with, you know, triple G, right? Triple G and Double Z, you know, it's not a coincidence. And the other guy, you know, he's working his hands with Temelia and James Krause. So, I mean, I got to lean towards the Zuma Gulov side. I mean, this guy's fought, you know, great competition. Uh, you know, the, my issue with Molina is like, yeah, man, like he's got some skills and stuff. But, I mean, you could be, you could love the, 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 the volume against uh, uh, Ayori. But, bro. Iori is not trying to defend anything. And those punches are in slow motion, dude. Like, 
That's that shit is not working against a dude like Zumogulov. Like if he's trying to tee off on him like that, like Zumogulov, he's gonna do something. He's gonna mix. He's gonna get a clinch. He's gonna shoot a takedown. He's gonna throw a kick. I don't know what's gonna happen. But the fight that is coming to Jeff Molina is none like he's experienced before, and he's riding high off a of hype from being on the pay per view. Where fucking Daniel Cormier is yelling, oh, Molina, his his boxing is so good that he's got guys like you fooled into thinking that, you know, fucking Jeff Molina has good boxing. I mean, the guy puts his chin out there. He's got his hands away from his face. He's like looking in there to, you know, time you and, and, and come in with a few punches. But overall, the guy's footwork is slow. He doesn't get into the pocket very well. And once he is in there, he's not really making you pay all that much. He'll land some fleeting shots. And on the other hand, Zumagulov, he started great against Cop. He was lighting up that calf. And what happened? This dude, Cop, is insane on the inside. He went superhero fucking street fighter special move in that flurry that he fucking, you know, detonated on my boy Double Z. So Double Z's coming back with a vengeance. He's got two families to feed, guys. Don't forget this. He's got two wives. And I think he's got one on deck, you know, another one on deck, you know, on the horizon. Because I don't know if you, you're aware, but it's all about if you can support said wives. So my boy gets, you know, 50K bonus here for performance at night, you know, maybe uh, getting on that neck of Molina. He might have four wives by the time he's back in the uh, in the octagon. So give me double Z. I think he's going to be able to stay competitive, land, you know, land on the counter, mix it up with the kicks, and then control most of the grappling situations and come away with a decision win. So Zalgas, Zumagulov for the win, plus 155, I think you, you could get widely, 160. Very solid, I feel. You know, especially in this weight class. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as quite as confident in you to win. You know, I think that he could. Don't you think he could? You know, struggle in late rounds here. Like, don't you think the output disadvantage it would, could be like a yeah, trouble for but, him? I mean, if he's he, not a big, you know, output. Yeah, but the, I just, I just don't think that Jeff Molina's got the real goods to actually win. You know, multiple rounds easily. So. I mean, this is the same price that people were betting Lacerda, like me. So, come on. Yeah, I remember that. Z Zolgas, yeah, yeah. bro. It's interesting that they come gave on. Zolgas is much better. Zolgas is he's one and three in the UFC. They so they signed him to a contract again, even though he's one and three. That, that must mean the UFC has a bro, script. Bro, he's the pride of Kazakhstan. Say. So, and. I I bet I bet against I do I do I do I like bet Kazakhstan. against Zogas. I had a Mirabazi big huge one of my bigger bets at the time, and I mean he did his thing. But the thing is, bro, you don't beat Zumagulov easily, and Jeff Molina won't either. He's gonna feel that Kazakhstan pressure. Who know? Who know he's in a fight? Yeah, you are right about it being the toughest fight for Molina in his career. Um, so next fight, uh, Bantamweight division, another pretty good fight. Gravely versus Munoz here. Uh, we got you know, this one. Uh, Gravely's the favorite, minus one thirty. Munoz. Can you plus go first? Can you go turn first? To start Sorry. this one off, Ozzy. Bantamweight first? fight. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, so 
you know, I think I'm I'm leaning towards Gravely being the value side just right off the bat. I'll say it is I think just Gravely has more ways to win. You know, um, Munoz is a, a nasty jujitsu guy, you know, lethal in top position. But I just don't really think that he has great striking. I mean, I'm pretty sure his striking is actually quite bad. And I think his wrestling, um, you know, is just maybe a little bit above average. But Gravely, you know, he's very comfortable in the wrestling situations. And I think Gravely is, is the better wrestler here. So um, Gravely is going to be the better boxer. Uh, better wrestler. Uh, I think he does have more uh, experience late in the fight over the full 15 minutes. So I think he, his cardio is a bit more reliable. So Munoz has a jiu-jitsu advantage and he may, maybe has a, a durability advantage as well. Um, but uh, if you watch Munoz trying to strike against that guy, Jamie Simmons, like you could tell he was trying to work on his striking a little bit, but just nothing was really working. I mean, it looked like nothing was you know, he wasn't achieving anything. He was throwing these weak strikes. He just doesn't look like a striker. He doesn't know what he's doing here in that area yet. Maybe he's improved over the long layoff, but I can't, I can't bet on that. So I think the gravely will win the striking. I think they're going to grapple with each other. They're going to be some back and forth grappling. I am a little worried that if Munoz gets on top, I mean, we could see gravely uh, put in a really bad spot and get tapped out, but I feel like Gravely is, you know, comfortable enough in these jujitsu positions to avoid uh, any really bad spots. Um, and Munoz seems like it kind of seems like he's gonna, only going to win by sub. I don't see Munoz being able to pull off a knockout or a decision. So uh, Munoz sub seems, you know, somewhat likely. Uh, but Gravely is the money line sub uh, side to me. Yeah, man, this is a very interesting fight that I've been looking forward to. I mean, when it was first got announced, you know, my immediate thought was. You know, going from Jamie Simmons to, uh, you know, Tony Gravely, that's a big jump uh, overall because, I mean, I would say Tony Gravely, I don't know what the fuck to, topology's on, you know, ranking him 44th. But, you know, I would think this guy's knocking on that door, you know, very soon at top 15. You know, with this fight, maybe one more, you know, he's very close, I feel. At least in skill, for sure, in my opinion. Um but, I mean, this guy's been on my radar, Tony Gravely, for about half a decade now. Um, and I kept track of him a bit. And, I mean, this guy's solid. I mean, you know, his issue, I think, is that even when he does get takedowns, like, they're just squirrely moments where, like, he's not able to control the guy. But, like, he's doing the right things. But it just, like, doesn't go his way, you know, all the way, per se. And, like, the margins, then, you know, the fight starts getting a little bit discombobulated, and it could get away from him a bit. Now, Johnny Munoz, also a guy that I've been, you know, pretty high on and I've known about for about 10 years now. Johnny Munoz, very solid jiu-jitsu, like, top, top end, you know, probably top, you know, top level on, you know, in the weight class. And I just, I'm not sure about the rest of his game. Like you said, I mean, the guy can't strike. It is pretty awesome awkward how he throws his strikes and he just doesn't have a lot of power on them uh, but he does have like some karate background so he'll throw a lot of stupid kicks out there but i don't think it's gonna be very effective they're gonna be very effective against tony because tony also has like a karate background so this is a very well matched fight is like the 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 gist of this both these guys are in great cardio shape um you know both of them are you know pretty fucking strong so i mean i initially wanted to lean on the muno side just because gravely cannot control anybody on the ground that um you know that is actually doing the right things as opposed to like simon Oliveira that's only going for next you know munoz is i would say he's competent he's fine on his back on bottom but he really wants to get on top you know and then he's good at taking the back finishing from there you know maneuvering from there 
Um, but you know, it's also hard to control Tony, but Tony gives up opportunities to 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 take his back and shit. So, you know, on the feet, I think that Tony's got this pretty easily. I think he he can keep it on the feet if he wants to. But, I mean, I think these guys are going to grapple. If I was on the Munoz side, I would just take him inside the distance. I think, like, you know, any t- like if this goes 15, he'll probably have some opportunities or he'll get close to some finishes that, I mean, I guess it'll make you feel good enough about it. But I think I'm overall on the Tony Gravely side, on the money line side. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to take the plunge all the way, though, because I do think that uh, Munoz is going to have some success here. You know, and the success for him snowballs because i think he he he's looking to finish on the ground you know most of the time with, with submissions and position or submission over position but yeah i'm gonna pick tony gravely i just think he's gonna be able to land a jab land is you know he's gonna be the quicker guy i think on the feet with the with the hands and the commitment to the strikes and then he's gonna be able to get the takedowns i think later on in the fight and get top position to win the fight. And I just think he's more experienced in those 50-50 positions than um than Johnny is. Like I could see Johnny going to his back, you know, not working up, you know, later in the fight. But I love both guys. I hate that this fight's happening. So yeah, um one interesting line. Gravely decision only is a uh, minus 165 on DraftKings. I like that one. Um that's gonna take us next fight, lightweight division. We got uh Benoit Saint Denis taking on Nicholas Stolze. Uh, odds for this one, Saint Denis is minus one fifty two, Stolze plus one thirty two. So what what is this? France versus Germany here, Ozzy? Yeah, what, I think what it's you got here? I don't even know. But I mean, what uh Denis the special forces guy. Who is he special forces for? For France? I mean that 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 tells you all you uh, I guess so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a weird fight because I faded both guys last time, I think. Yeah, and they were both reasonable odds. Like, the good in, good in was plus money. I mean, Stolze, I mean, Stolze is a guy I would want to bet in this position. But, dumb as is, bet him down from, like, plus 175 or one or 240, whatever. They bet it way too early. Guys, you got to let the, the lines, mat, like, you know, marinate a little bit. Um, the hell? So you know, I I I I'd, I'd like I'd like to bet him <laughs> overall, but you know the, the my issue is that I think he could, he's gonna accept to take the takedowns, and I think that Ben Saint Denis uh is in a pursue takedowns early on, and I just think that Stolze, yeah, I mean like he'll look like he's really resisting and doing stuff, but like he doesn't mind fighting off his back, um. You know, but I wouldn't lay the juice on Saint Denis just because I don't really. I mean, I think that guys, he he looks very good against people who are like just a level below him. But anyone who's like competent on the ground and can you know attack, I think makes him look very average. So you know, I I wouldn't want to lay juice on a you know just average fighter like that. Like I said, um, and you know, Stolze is like a weird matchup. But both these guys going down in one fifty five, I'm out on this fight. So. Fuck this fight. If I had to pick, uh, you know, I'd take the dog money on Solzy. But I, I just think maybe the goes a distance. What is what is the over on this fight? What is the over? Let's see. It is over two and a half yeah, minus one twenty. Yeah, oh, yeah, give me that yeah, all day. Two and a half all day. All day. That's actually that might be a big bet. That might yeah, be a big bet. 
That's not bad because, I mean, I don't see really either guy finishing each other. I'm a little more enthusiastic on Stolze, I feel like, because uh, Saint-Denis is a grappler. Like you were saying, he's going to be pursuing, pursuing those takedowns. And I think Stolze's defensive grappling is actually pretty solid. Uh, you saw that in the Amid fight. He did get taken down there a few times. He popped back up to his feet. And, um, you know, as my boy Sean has been saying, he... This guy's just been fight, fighting a lot of grapplers throughout his career, and you know he's working his way up in these these challenges with these grapplers. And I don't think Saint Denis is going to be the hardest grappler he's ever what fought yet. Challenges um, are you um, talking about? So Stolze, I think, is going to be the better. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Uh, you have to ask Sean Orr about that. That's where I got my information from. Um. So anyway, look, listen. Um, I think the let me the. See. Maybe Omar the way to play Jesus this, though, Santana. If I'm looking at this board, <laughs> bro, is St. Denis submission. They're placing a 2-1. to one, And Solzy KO 4-1. to one, I, or, I mean, I just I don't, I don't come to these uh, ITD numbers, so I'll take the over. Um, yeah, I probably agree with the over. That's fine. I'm taking Stolzy though for a small bet. Um, you know, probably gonna go in soon because the line seems to not be getting any better. Um, but I just think this Saint Denis guy is no good. He got in the UFC on really, really short notice. Uh, I mean, he's fought you know no one of of note at all, and all of his wins are just you know grapple, you know, taking some guy down, finishing him right away. And if he doesn't get that takedown, this guy's got nothing. So I think I'll take the more experienced guy, better striker, and the competent defensive grappler at plus money. Um, but as our boy K1 said, though, he's never betting on anybody from Germany. He's from Germany. He does not trust German MMA. So, you know, uh, keep that in mind. Next fight, short notice fight. We got Daniel Argetta making his UFC debut, taking on the leech Damon Jackson, uh, possibly Ozzy's favorite fighter on the entire roster. And, you know, how could you not love the leech? Uh, he's minus 615 here, though. Uh, or get a plus 440. Don't you miss the days getting Damon Jackson a plus money versus uh, Cam yeah. Kirk, Ozzy. Seems like forever so ago. Is it my turn to start? Sure. Um, yeah, I you mean, want... you know, Damon's yeah, definitely ahead, been making, you know, his last two fights made me a ton of money. I mean, I'm insane odds, you know, on a few of them there. Um, I mean, but I would say, I mean, 615, that's kind of crazy as well. But I mean the 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 biggest fact is that you know Argetta I mean Argetta's tough man but you know he just came off that 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 a uh, hard fight in the uh, in LFA and I watched some of that actually and I mean it was solid but the I mean the dude could wrestle but the thing is Damon like Damon knows how to cook a guy no pause but like you know he knows how to like steadily you know take a guy apart um so I would be looking at maybe. Some late props for Damon here. Um, but I mean Damon, bro. I mean, you know, Damon can get this could get squirrely for him because Argetta, I mean, I think Argetta is gonna be able to surprise him with some of the, the wrestling. And and I think he could even surprise him with some of the grappling. Cause I've heard that Argetta's grappling, like his submissions is, are kind of sneaky. He'll get them sometimes, but I don't think he'll get them on a guy so much bigger than him and Damon. But I think Argetta without that weight cut, I'm that shit might be good for him, I think. Like, he's going to be small, but I think he's dangerous early. So, I mean, Argetta's a front runner, but I mean, 18 to 1, you get on DraftKings for him to win in the first round. I think that's pretty interesting because Damon, you know, his cardio, he's going to look to chip away. I don't think he's going to look to get after Argetta that much in the first round. I just don't think that's going to be his strategy. Um, but you know, he, he could get caught early, you know, for sure. And his chin is, you know, it's been cracked before 
And he could even get taken down by Argetta, maybe submitted. So I'm, I think I'll stab that. And then I'll keep it moving on the fight overall. It's just crazy odds. Six to one, too much. Yeah, I mean, Argetta seems like a solid fighter to me. He's just at the wrong weight class. Like you said, five hard rounds. That was only four weeks ago, too. I mean, it's got to take a toll on the body. Um, you know, it probably took a week or two off after that fight. You know, it was a championship fight, too. So, I mean, you know, probably took it easy for a while. Then he gets a short notice call. He gets right back in there. So, I honestly don't love the fight for the guy. I mean, he probably should just wait, and he'll be in the UFC anyway at his natural weight class. But, um, you know, we see these guys sometimes, like Ozzy was saying, with this extra weight, they they somehow are tougher. They're able to perform a little better. So, yeah, I would be looking for this fight to go late as well. I mean, the money line side, there's nothing interesting there. You got to look for props here. Uh, round two, Jackson plus 500. Round three, plus 800. And that Jackson knockout line, plus 950. Um, I could see maybe Argetta being hard to submit, and maybe uh, Jackson just goes for some ground and pound to finish the fight off. Um, so yeah, that those are my uh, thoughts on the fight. Just a few props that have some uh, some value there, but um, you know, just looking forward to these guys next fight. This one's not too interesting. Uh, but we got a good fight in the lightweight division next. Joe Selecki taking on Alex Leco da Silva. Selecki the favorite here, minus one sixty five. Leco da Silva plus one forty five. So uh, Leco hasn't fought in a, a while, a year and a half. Brad Liddell, Riddell was his last fight, and just been very inactive. Uh, three fights over the past three years, and uh, no fights in a year and a half. So that's never a good thing. And um, I, I just see this as kind of a, a little bit of a mirror match. Both guys are primarily grapplers. Um, they're not the strongest wrestlers, but they're really good on top once they get there. And their striking is, you know, just about serviceable. But I would say the Leco probably has the better striking of the two uh, by a small margin. Selecki is the better grappler, um, and I just don't think this uh, that. Uh, De Silva is going to be able to keep this fight standing. I think they will eventually grapple, and I think the fight is going to favor Selecki uh, by a good margin once the fight gets down there. I'm just much more impressed with this jujitsu. Uh, you know, really good back take game, nasty runic choke. Um, been competing in jujitsu a lot. Had that tough fight against uh, um, our boy Jared Gordon, which you know, split decision. There's a really good case he won that fight against Gordon. Um, so I I'm taking the more active guy, the guy who I perceive to be the better grappler. Um, and I just, you know, never been super impressed with uh, De Silva and rewatching his fight against uh, Yakovlev earlier this week, a fight that was really grappling heavy. I just did not like what I saw from a lot of those grappling positions. He got his neck caught, got guillotine there. And I, I think uh, Selecki's going to outgrapple this guy to either a sub or a decision. So I, I like uh, Selecki's money line up to minus 200 here, honestly. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting fight. You know, uh, Selecki, I mean, I, I love, you know, I've definitely followed Selecki's career. Um, we've been in, you know, I think I had a one grappling match with him when I was super young. Uh, and, you know, been in multiple tournaments in the same kind of brackets, uh, more or less. And I mean, he's taking the time MMA pretty well. You know, obviously that last fight, that was like a vet lesson fight, you know, super tough matchup against Jared Gordon, you know, in a fight where I think it was just the experience disadvantage for Joe more, more so. Um, but he showed well, man, you know, a lot of guys will, would, would fold much easier in that third round, you know, now make it as close, you know, in a fight where, you know, he has such a dominant first round and, you know, the fight was going so, so well for him. And then, you know, just snowballed away from him and, you know, he wasn't able to, to finish it off there in the uh, third round. But I know this guy's in the gym heavy. 
I know he's working, you know, hard with, you know, the, the, the people in his camp over there. And uh, I think he's in South Carolina, I believe, with John, John Slater. Um, he's been working his hands a lot. Um, and I think, you know, the Silva is just a much bigger question mark to me overall, just because I know what Joe's coming, you know, how he's coming out. But I know that Joe, you know, has that end game mentality in regards to how he approaches the fight. And, uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, the guy knows, you know, for the most part, he knows he's a grappler. And I mean, if he's got the energy to get, to get the fight to the ground, um, you can rest assured that he is going to be looking to do that. You know, like you mentioned, you know, in the third round, he chose to to strike with Gordon. Um, you know, I like to see that shows that, you know, he's got no issue doing doing that. And I think it was a good move because, you know, uh, he, he was obviously probably a little fatigued there. You know, when Gordon was uh, was defending those takedowns, so he's a cerebral fighter, high IQ in there. Um, you know, De Silva might have him, you know, in in the physicality a little bit with the athleticism, maybe a bit. Um, but I think Joe, you know, just how how he's going to be able to utilize his weapons, I think that he is rightfully favored. But I mean, this is a respectful line, I do think, for 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 Joe. Just considering that, you know, the uh, Silva doesn't have many losses. He's fought some some decent guys in the UFC, and uh, you know, and Joe, you know, Joe's still developing as a fighter. So I'm not that, in, I'm not as confident in you as maybe saying put at the minus two hundred number. But I'm gonna do some refreshing on this because I do like Selecki here. I do think that he'll be able to get his grappling going. But there are a few facets that I kind of want to refresh on the De Silva side just to feel very, very good about, um, you know, Joe being able to, 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 to win, this, win this fight, you know, A through Z without too many hiccups. And it's going to take us to one of the more forgettable fights in the car, women's strawweight division, a rematch, Carolina Kovalkiewicz, Felice Herrig, uh, the odds for this one. Uh, or Carol or Felice minus 120, Carolina plus 100. Just a little backstory Carolina, five fight losing streak. Felice, three fight losing streak. They fought each other back in 2018. That was the last time Carolina won a fight. Just an embarrassing uh, fight here, Ozzy. I'll let you give fire your fight. First. I love it. Um, you know, I was, I was, I was, I was worried <laughs> that Carolina wouldn't get another opportunity after my girl, uh, Panade cash a seven to one submission ticket. But I mean, you know, looking at this fight, 750. It was 750. But I'm going to be yeah. quick with this. this. This is how I see it. All right. I was going in. I was like, man, I got to fade KK again. Then I saw the odds. I was like, no, I can't, I'm not going to do that. Then I was thinking about it more, but I was like, man, KK, she's just not good anymore. But then I remember Felice Herring. And the issue that I have is like, yeah, you know, this is going to be a women's MMA fight. So what does that mean? There's likely going to be some grappling in some convoluted manner. But the issue with my issue with KK is always she makes bad decisions. Just in that, just like in that Panay fight, she just makes bad decisions, bad reads. I don't know what's wrong, what goes on in her brain. Sometimes that, you know, it's just bad on the grappling end. And Felice, I think the only way Felice is going to beat her in a 15-minute fight is if she gets, like, some takedowns, they fall down, and Felice, you know, she's a little bit better in getting on top and all that. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, mm, let me just go with KK, just because she throws more strikes, more damaging strikes. I think she probably learned to, like, let's not do none of this grappling stuff. She's bad at grappling. And that Felice probably a little bit better of a grappler than her but she's not that good either so i'll take the girl that i think will land the more strikes 
and it's a little bit dog money, so I'll go with Carolina. But you're not gonna actually nah, bet nah, nah, her, nah, right? So. But I'll go with Carolina. But I'll pick Carolina. Okay, good. But if it goes back up to like plus one fifteen, I'll bet Carolina. But even money, no bet on Carolina. But I mean, Felice Herring is just not good, man. Like she's not dangerous. Like she's got no takedowns. You know, she just had ACL surgery as well. So, yeah, I go with KK for sure. Well, it wasn't just. It was before the Verna. She had another surgery after that for her knee. It wasn't a, yeah, it wasn't a full ACL surgery, but she had another surgery. Interesting. That's not good. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, both these women are shot. I mean, it, I feel like there's a little more evidence that Carolina is shot because, like, she's slowly, slowly worse, lost to worse competition, you know, while Herrig, you know, she got dominated by Verna. That was expected. Uh, I feel like there's not as much evidence that she's totally so what shot. What happened before that? So uh, what happened I'll, I'll side with Felice. Fight? Uh, she lost to the karate hottie. I mean, I don't even remember these fights, bro. I have no recollection of these fights. Um, I was at the Carolina. I was at this fight the first time it happened. I don't remember a single fucking thing that happened. Um, so it'll be a, probably another split decision, honestly. Um, and I'll go with, uh, Felice Eric, the American next fight. Next fight is an electric fight. First fight of the main card. People were talking about this one all over America this week. Alonzo Menafield taking on Oscar Mozarov. Um, the odds for this one, Alonzo Menafield minus 170. Mozarov plus 145. Ozzy, your turn to start. Wait, no, no, it's my turn to start this one off. Man, I really got to prepare for this one. But um, as you guys know, I have done extensive research on Fortis MMA and the, you know their win patterns. And when they are coming off a loss, their their win percentage is is through the roof. To be honest, it's well over seventy percent in the UFC. So um, the fact that William Knight did get that decision over Menafield could be setting up uh, you know a victory for Menafield in this fight. But Mozara, from what I'm looking at, this guy is you know he's lethal. I mean, this guy's hands are knocking people out left and right. Some of the funniest MMA fights I've ever seen are these guys' tape uh, fights. You know, if you have the tape index, you watch his past six or seven fights, some of the funniest MMA fights you'll ever seen. I mean, I don't know where the fuck they're getting these poor guys that he's knocking out, but he's knocking out some of the oldest, stiffest, most, you know, confused guys ever. And apparently this guy is like faking his name. Like he has multiple different names that he fights under or something like that. I mean, this is just, you know, electric MMA that I cannot wait to see unfold. Um, but on a serious note, this, you know, Mozarov guy does uh, seem to have some some decent striking early on, throws head kicks. Uh, he looks to be a pretty terrible grappler. He looks to uh, get taken down really easily. And then the second he's on bottom, he's looking to tap right away. I mean, he's looking to, to one fight. He he literally tapped nothing. Like he got hit with an elbow and he started bleeding. And he looked at the referee and he's like, no more, no more. And the fight was over. So. I don't think that this guy uh, is tough. I think the first sign of adversity, he's probably going to get out of there. Uh, but I really hope that he just knocks Menafield out early on. But um, to me, if Menafield lands like one calf kick or he lands, uh, you know, a takedown, the fight should be over. Um, and we did see Menafield take down Charant. We did see Menafield attack calf kicks versus Herman. So uh, reluctantly, I have to admit that it does seem that Alonzo Menafield is getting a little bit better at MMA. So, um, you know, the line is probably right. I'm not actually going to really bet this fight. Um, you know, I hope that Mozara pulls off the knockout. And uh, Ozzy, I'm interested to see your uh, your analysis for this one. Listen, man. I mean, I think this fight is going to be great. 
I mean, these are the kind of guys you got to have Alonso Menafield fight. Let's just be honest. Like, these guys on Twitter, like, you guys are fucking corny. Like, you guys are trying to expose his record. Bro, they're trying to help Alonzo Menafield. They know you like watching Alonzo Menafield's big, juicy biceps, right, Martian? They, they know you like fucking watching, you know, hearing about his crack baby stories and all this other bullshit. Um, so they're trying to fucking find guys that he could beat that look fucking tough and shit. And people are all over Twitter fucking hitting up Topology and fucking Sherdog to try to invalidate my boy's, you know, my boy's fucking record that he did. You know, he worked he worked harder on that on record than, people, think, than these guys have worked Menafield. on anything in their lives. And there, go ahead. Menafield wasn't the guy I said had big juicy biceps. I forget who it was, but it wasn't him. I would never say anything complimentary about Alonzo. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry to Safe Sayud. Safe Sayud is a big fan of mine. He he likes my tweets all the time. I like Safe Sayud a lot. I just don't like Alonzo Menafield. Uh, but getting back to you, Ozzy, sorry about that. So, I mean, so yeah, he worked really hard to work on his record, valid or invalid. I don't know. I don't hate the player. I hate the game. Um, I hate Dana White. I hate Sean Shelby. I hate McMaynard. But, you know, they're doing what they can. And, you know, they're in on this, bro. But, I mean... This is the thing. I do think that this dude, Askar, whatever his name is, you know, the biggest issue for me is that he fought at, like, much lower weight classes, right? So, you know, even though I do think his striking could be kind of dangerous and Alonzo Menafield's an idiot, um, I do think Alonzo probably throws some calf kicks and shit like that and maybe avoids a big bonk. And because he's, like, this guy's smaller, like, he used roids, all this shit... I think that Alonzo's going to knock him out. So, you know, I was thinking about betting Alonzo Menafield, but then I remember, like, if he loses, like, I can't go down knowing that I laid money chalk on Menafield, so I'm a pass. Probably a good strategy to, to do. Um, next fight flying along here, flyweight division. Uh, Oday Osborne taking on Zaruk Adeshev. Uh, odds for this one, Oday is the favorite minus 185 Zaruk Adeshev plus 160 so I believe Zaruk trains in the New York New Jersey area oh, but I believe he, he does. does not have the Aussie sta- he does not have the Aussie stamp of approval oh. correct might have that changed might really? have that changed well I mean it's all relative it's all on a scale um one of the guys a listener hit me up he told me that um that uh, he started doing like power rankings, right? You know, relative to whatever. You know, he's he he we we he said a few things, whatever. And I mean, you know, Adeshev, my biggest issue with him when he's coming in is that like I knew some of the guys that he beat, and I'm like, man, like come on, like <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, come on, like if this if this is all it is all I'm saying, okay. And, you know, then he, but then he, he got knocked out by Tyson Nam. I mean, that was a bomb. That was five units for me. But then in that Ryan Benoit fight, I mean, he didn't look bad in that fight. And that fight was almost, you know, a year ago. And I know that all this guy does is train. I saw him more um, in MSG when we went to the card and we we're yelling at him <laughs> to, to, because Frankie was fucking losing the Cheeto. So we're telling him and Timor Valiev. We're like, Timor, Timor, like, t- tell, tell him. He's whatever. I don't know what the fuck we were yelling at them. 
But uh, Adeshev was like, ah, oh, people recognize me? He's like looking both ways. He didn't even think we were yelling at him. But anyway. You guys um, are fucking bullies. <laughs> we weren't bullying him. We weren't bullying him. We were just yelling you at him. You and Stargarian were like bullying these like. No, it was it was me and C. It was me and C. But, uh, and C's brother looks like Justin Bieber. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that Adeshev, I mean, his striking was looking a lot better in that Benoit fight. I mean, the issue, my issue here is more on the O'Day side. It's more of a fade on O'Day because O'Day, yeah, he looked okay in that CJ Vergara fight in, in, in it that he won. But in my opinion, I mean, if they scored that second round for um, Vergara, I wouldn't have, I don't think it would have been an issue. And I think without that takedown that he fell into in the, in the end of the second round, I think it would have definitely been a CJ round. And overall, I mean, Ode, he throws some good strikes. He'll throw a good left hand. I like how he, you know, the angles that he tries to bring it in on, but his defense is terrible. Like really, really bad. Like it, it's, I think it's going to be easy for Adeshev to actually hit him. Um, you know, I, I might be galaxy braining this too much. And the, the, the length of uh, Ode, day and all that stuff might be you know what carries him to a victory easily but i actually think that adeshev is going to be able to land punches on this guy i think adeshev is not going to get put on bottom and i mean i just think he's a decent underdog here i was earlier when it was like minus 150 i was feeling like i should have been on oday but i looked at the fight again and a bit more and i don't trust this guy at this juice here because i don't think he's gonna like he throws good fight ending strikes but I'm telling you, like the 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 style of striking he has, like he's gonna get hit by Adeshev a lot, in my opinion, with good strikes. So I'm gonna go with Adeshev here for for an upset. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of share the same sentiment. Um, with you know, think, losing a little bit of confidence on O'Day, the more I looked into it. Um, but I still, you know, don't have. That's what I was going to say. Is, is really the leg kicks uh, seem like a biggest factor here. Adeshev, you know, destroyed Benoit with those leg kicks, calf kicks. And, you know, Osborne does have those long, skinny legs. He is kind of heavy on his feet at times. You know, some of these flyweights, you know, uh, they bounce around a lot. They move in and out. Adeshev does that. Some of them are a little more, you know, stationary and heavy on their legs like Osborne. So look out for those leg kicks. That could be like a fight-changing uh, factor in this one here. Um but I, I think that Osborne is the much harder hitter of the two. He's a lot longer. He's going to have an easier time landing that jab, the straight left hand you were talking about. Um, and I think the grappling upside is definitely going to be on Osborne here. Uh, he's not, you know, a super, you know, experienced wrestler. Uh, but I think a lot of his weren't like all of his UFC wins before uh, or pre UFC wins like subs. I think he subbed a lot of guys. Um, you know, a lot of them were some weird, you know, triangles and arm bars. Uh, but I, I do think the guy is a pretty comfortable grappler. So uh, I think Osborne's a d deserving favorite here. Minus 180 is getting a little out of hand. No interest in betting him there. So um, no bet on the fight really at all for me. So, you know, good good luck on your Adeshev. Um, Osborne sub at six to one seems like a decent uh, decent prop, if anything. But honestly, this fight should should go long. Don't you think Ozzy should go over, over two and a half, maybe uh, starts round three? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I only give out winners, and I don't know if that's going to be a winner. Right, of course. Um, next fight, women's fight, Brazil versus Brazil. Um, Poliana Botello, Karine Silva. Uh, pretty closely lined fight here. Silva, the UFC debut, minus 121. Botello, plus 101. So I think it's my turn. I'll start this one out. Um, I initially had no interest in betting the fight. 
did a little more research and you know all of a sudden i'm interested i'm compelled so this silva is you know a woman an archetype that we see a lot in women's mma a woman who's coming into the ufc all of her wins are over inferior competition with you know really bad records zero and zero one and no records stuff like that i mean she had uh it looks like eight or nine wins and she was still fighting women with zero and zero records. Um, and it just, all of her wins are sloppy grappling fights where she subs a woman who, you know, the, these women are barely have an idea what jujitsu is her contender <laughs> series fight, her contender series fight against Kui Hugh Yan. God bless Kui Hugh Yan. But, uh, I'm saying Kui Hugh Yan has never heard of 10 planet. Jiu-Jitsu. God definitely blessed her dude. God definitely blessed. Exactly. You know, a very, very good looking woman. But anyway, she had no idea what, what uh, 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu was. And she still defended all of, you know, Kareem Silva's bullshit, you know, rubber guard attempts and lockdown attempts, whatever. Um, and then she eventually dove into a guillotine. Obviously, she, she doesn't know that much Jiu-Jitsu. But, man, this Silva woman is just, she's sub or bust. I mean, I do think she might be getting a little better. But um, she's fighting a woman, Botello. Botello has over an hour in the UFC cage. I mean, we know a lot more about this woman. We know what level she's at. She's a, a decent striker. She can throw out some body kicks with success. Uh, decent wrestler, decent on top. You know, I, I just think we know a lot more about her. We've seen her against very level of competitions. And I, I'm just interested in, in the UFC-tested woman who I think uh, should be really likely to win round one here. Obviously, the big thing about Botello, the bad thing is that she gasses out. She consists gasses out uh, against Mueller, Robertson, and Carolina. She lost round three versus all of them. Um, so she slows down big, but I think she's going to win round one here. Uh, and I think that as long as she maybe, you know, improves her cardio a little bit, she has potential to win two out of three rounds here. And, you know, this silver woman's a fraud. All she has to do is avoid the sub. And, uh, mm. you know, I think Botello can do it. So I'm going to go with uh, Poliana at plus. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't really got that many thoughts about this fight other than I'm definitely not betting on Pollyanna Viana. Like, for sure, not. Patello. I, I would, yeah. Uh, so you just got a bad taste in your mask uh, from the last What's Pollyanna. her name not? Her name Her name is Pollyanna, too, bro. Yeah, what I know. But it's yeah. spelled a little differently. You, you it's said, fucking Pollyanna. You said dude. Viana, though. You said Viana. What up? Ever, dude. Pollyanna, okay? Pollyanna. Pollyanna Patello, okay? Not betting on her. This bitch is 33 years old. She gets stuck on her back. She's got no get-ups either. You're talking shit about my girl, this girl Silva's fucking rubber guard. At least she got some fucking guard. Fucking Patello was... How long was Jillian mounted on this? this oh, that's true. Like, that come bad. on, dude. That shit, well, that shit looked like a porno, dude. That shit looked like a fucking Well, any fight with Jillian does, so, and, to be fair. Exactly. Yeah, you know, but she she forces it to happen. You know, she's she doesn't look for consent. <laughs> Damn it! I broke my water bottle. I smashed this thing. But yeah, I mean, you know, Patello's thirty three, dude. She's fucking terrible. You know, she let people down. A lot of people, you know, I know some guys who literally max bet her against Luana Carolina. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> I bet her for like a unit, like minus one ninety. But these guys are going hard in the paint. But anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to take Silva, dude. I don't know shit about her. But, I mean, you talk about all this, like, experience and shit like that. Like, I mean, Silva, technically, she's got a third more fights than Batello. She's got 18. Batello's only got 12. I mean, Batello's just not a serious real experience. Player, dude. This bitch is a fucking... Bro, player. let me tell... You know, why not? She's fought real girls. What but, uh... 
No, I mean, there, there's zero and zero. Multiple Look weight how classes. Many zero too. and zero fighters. You, guess who uh, Poliana Botella has a win over? Barbosa your girl. Is good. Your girl, Silvana Gomez Juarez. She beat her. That's legit, bro. She didn't be- Yeah, I saw that fight. I remember that was in like KSW. That's legit. Um, yeah, but Gomez Juarez had to, she retired, so she didn't really. That's lose. still, but that's still a really good win. I mean, you know, Pearl Gonzalez, a really good win. That was a 115er, dude. Really good win. Uh, all right, that's enough. Bro, about there's that. no way you're betting on Pollyanna. Oh, no, real dollars. We're in there. We're in there. Um, like swimwear. Crazy. I mean, she's gonna be the she's gonna be minus three hundred after round one. If things are going badly, you are below. That's, it, how, you That's girl, how you do it. This girl. This girl's. That's stupid. the plan, everyone. At right, Patello before the fight, and after round one, if things are looking a little sketchy, you take you know half off the top, a little off the top. You know what I'm saying? Next fight, a featherweight division. Uh, New York zone. Mike Trezano taking on Lucas Almeida. Uh, Mike Trezano is the favorite here. Minus two twelve, Almeida plus one eighty two. Trezano's got the the New York Yankees in Italian tattooed on his back. I mean, that's as as New York as it gets. Yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> he's from fucking Jersey, dude. <laughs> he, but yeah, am I going first? Am yeah, I yeah, yeah, about for this? sure. Fuck yeah. Well, I mean Trezano. Yeah, I mean Trezano's a dude that I know for sure too. I mean that last fight was fucking terrible. Like, I, dude, one is a few things these guys that fucking annoys me. One is dudes that always fight for decision. And I'm not saying Trezano's looking for decisions, man, but you he's got to remix something up because this decision shit is stupid. Like, come on, man, go to finish the fight. But secondly, how the fuck are you against a guy like Dewadu and you only go to take him down in the third round, get the takedown, almost take his back? And like, you got to be thinking you're like, I mean, you got to know you're an idiot. You know, because, I mean, that was an easily winnable fight for him. And those are the fights, man. It changes guys' careers, you know, the trajectory. Like, this guy has not been able to fight that much. You know, his two losses are to Dewadu and fucking, you know, Missouri Khabib, fucking Grant Dawson. And, you know, he's only got 11 fights. So he's got to get his fucking foot to the floor here and get going. And I think these odds represent that because... You know, Amida, this guy's a fucking jobber, dude. I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to put on exciting fights. But overall, the guy's a fucking, you know, he's he's a bot. He's like a, you know, he he's like a prototype Brazilian fighter. You know, I mean, Trezano should be able to pick him apart. But you never know if this guy's going to fucking fight smart, if he's going to come out, you know, aggressive or come out strong. This, I mean, Trezano, after that last fight, he's on a no bet, no pre-fight, no bet list. Because he's got all the tools, man. This guy can jab. He's got kicks. He, you know, he's got a decent right hand. He's got a decent grappling. But he doesn't use any of it optimally. He doesn't mix it in at all. And, you know, this fight's a fucking pass for me. I'm disappointed, Trezano. He fucking pissed me off in his last fight. I hope he wins. But, you know, him at minus 200, no fucking chance that I'm trying to lay that chalk on him. Because Almeida, I mean, he throws, you know, hard strikes. You know, he came out at that Mexican kid. You know, pretty hard in this contender fight. But, I mean, these Brazilians are crazy is the biggest thing. And you never know. So, Trezano plus 250, ITD, insane. This guy's a decision merchant. Um, And, yeah, that's all I got to fucking say about that fight. But I hope Trezano whips his ass. But that shit last fight pissed me off. So, fuck him. Yeah, I mean, I agree with most of that there. I mean, his... 
Trezano is just always in close fights. He's been in three UFC fights that he's won, two split decisions, and Ludovic Klein. This guy never gets going, man. Yeah, that's an, yeah. He never gets fucking going. He doesn't pour it on. He doesn't do damage. I mean, he leaves a lot on the table. I mean, like we said, we're not, you know, What's up, everybody? Here we are with our weekly audio issue. We had about a minute cut out here, so I'm going to fill in with my thoughts on um, the Trezano Almeida fight. I'm essentially saying that uh, Trezano is, you know, the better fighter, the better skilled fighter, more experienced, but I just don't trust him to cover this minus 200 price tag. Uh, unless he grapples, I don't think he will really cover minus 200. I just think the margins will be too thin. Um, this Almeida guy can probably compete on the feet, maybe give Trezano some trouble on the feet, and and uh, he does look like a pretty bad grappler, but Trezano is just not really reliable to mix in that grappling. So I really don't have much interest in laying the minus 200 on him here, even though I will be picking him to win and uh, cheering for him to win, honestly, too. But to me as well, like, you got to have some, some info that he's going to grapple um, because he'll just make it close. He'll make it too close if it's two, minus 200. So uh, pass on this. No, no interesting bets here at all, really. You know, nothing interesting to me. Maybe this uh made a knockout at eight to one. I mean, the guy comes out and throws hands. You know, you know, eight to one knockout, not bad. I can see um, him going to sleep. Any time or uh, co-main event time. I don't even know what I was about to say there. Actually, really good fight, best fight on the card. Uh, Dan Ige taking on most of our Evlev. Line here has gotten a little out of control. Minus four fifteen for Evlev and uh, plus three fifteen for Ige. So. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I think everyone, you know, consensus opinion is probably the same here. Obviously, Ivloyev is going to try to get the takedowns. Ige wants to keep it standing. Um, you know, that's that's no original analysis, but I do think that Ivloyev will get the takedowns. Um, I don't really trust Dan Ige to get off his back. You know, we saw some some bad things in the Korean zombie fight. Um, you know, I wasn't exactly expecting that to happen uh, for for uh, Korean zombie to use that grappling game. Maybe it caught Ige by surprise too. But I mean, he he got controlled for long stretches there. He got his back taken, and um, you know, Korean zombies, you know, towards the tail end of his career, and you know, that just wasn't a good sign uh, to me from Ige. And uh, Ivloev is just a tenacious grappler. This guy is incredible. Uh, on top, I mean, his his wrestling, you know, he can get stalled out against the cage at times. He doesn't have the most explosive and dominant wrestling, but he's sticky. He'll get that back clinch. He'll hang on to you for minutes on end. And he's comfortable just grinding out these decisions uh, with, with his grappling over and over again. And I think that's what's going to happen here. You know, just a grappling decision for Ivloev. Ivoyev striking is a weakness, though. So there's a small path for for Ige to win. He's going to have to land hands. He's going to have to hurt Ivoyev on the feet. And we have seen Ivoyev do a little bit of, of a chicken dance uh, in round three of the Duwadu fight. And Ige is known for coming on strong and having good cardio. He's, he's always rallying and having good round three. So maybe Ige pulls off something crazy here in round three. Maybe look at the Ige round three prop, the Ige KO prop at a plus 1100. But um, one thing I'm seeing, though, is this under here ozzy is plus 325 you rarely see a men's mma fight with the under or with the over this juice uh two and a half so i don't know i think people you know there's no value in the over two and a half at minus 400 so really good fight uh I, you know i kind of think the outcome is very likely going to be evil of decision it's all the way at minus 200 on some books but it's still a good fight yeah i mean thinking about this fight more um actually come away thinking 
that Danny Gay could be a bit more competitive than people are giving them credit for. Just because, I mean, yeah, like you said, I think the takedowns from Zombie were unexpected, for sure. Um, I think that, you know, how he approached the um, Josh Emmett fight was a lot better. And I actually liked what I saw in a number of aspects, even though I did bet Josh Emmett in that fight. But, you know, Eve Loyev, he he kind of... He'll ru- not that he'll rush the takedowns a little bit, but like I feel like Ige's a little will be should be a little bit better at the scrambling aspect. That uh, what's his name? Um, the I mean, Dewaru can't grapple at all. I mean, you shame like we just talking about Trezano almost took his back like right away after he took him. This guy sucks, but you know, and uh, uh what's his name? Evloev, even the good positions he was able to get, I mean, it were against a bad grappler, and he never really. You know, got him really, really solidly. So I think that Ige actually is going to be able to like actually like fight underhooks, whatever, fighting the clinch basically much better than I think people are giving him credit for. And then even on the bottom, like this guy, he's a bit scrambly down there. Like you saw another ATT guy in um, Bektik have a hard time uh, holding them down. And I mean, you know, Avloyev's uh, main weapon uh, oftentimes is that cardio. And I mean, Ige, he looked good in that third round against Emmett. He could have easily won it. He went, he went five rounds with uh, Cater. He went five rounds with Zombie. So I actually think he might be a little bit, you know, maybe tiny bit of value here, you know, kind of soon. I mean, twenty at 25%. I mean, I could see Ige pulling out this win. You know, he, he knows how to win close decisions. He knows when to uh, put out, you know, volume and damage and, you know, I, this, this is the kind of guy I like to back as underdog. It's just not a guy, you know, you like to go against in Evloyev. But I'm going to wait on this line. I'm going to keep watching it. But I do think Danny Gay here is live as an underdog for sure, though. I, I think it's going to be a competitive fight. So, And that takes us main event. It definitely heavyweight. probably, I think, get out of this and, 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 and potentially get on Evloyev, you know, if this comes down to it. But... Evloev's a 94 kid, so, you know, it might be, might, he might have to wait one more year. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're kind of pricing it like the takedowns will just be automatic. I mean, Evloev's not going to have an not easy sure. time getting them by any means. So, yeah. kind of reminds me of uh, KKF and uh, Askarov. But yeah, main event, uh, dog shit heavyweight main event, another one. Um, sad to see, but uh, Volkov and Rosenstrike. Volkov is the favorite, minus 162. Rosenstrike plus 142. It was only two and a half months ago that Volkov was getting demolished and tapping out to that straight arm bar uh, versus Aspinall. You, you think this is come? he's coming back too soon here, Ozzy, or you, you think he's fine? Bro, I don't know, Volkov. He's a fucking weird guy. I mean... You know, I would think it's I like I mean, you know, I don't know, maybe he needs money, maybe he you know, he the he's supporting a certain battalion and uh and he's needed to send weapons or whatever. But I mean I mean I think he probably likes that matchup here against this dude, uh Rosenstrike. I mean this fight fucking sucks. I'm not getting into the good like fucking, you know, breakdowns and stuff. Like I think Volkov is gonna try to pick at him. And Rosenstrike is going to look to, maybe he'll try to throw a little bit more like leg kicks because uh, this dude's fucking so tall, but he's going to look to throw a bomb at him. So, I mean, this is going to go back and forth, maybe. You know, I could see some rounds being close. I could see clinch. I mean, it's not like nobody's enthusiastic to see this. I'm not going to try and enforce a bet. 
I think if I had to pick a side, I'd probably just take uh I mean, I'm not laying juice on Volkov, dude. Fuck that. So if I had to pick a side, I think I'd pick like the over three and a half or whatever it is, you know, and move on. Um, but that fight fucking sucks, dude. Like, get the fuck out of here. Love the analysis. Love the heavyweight uh, hate from, from Ozzy there. I mean, seriously, guys, like, this is such a bad main event. I mean, main events are supposed to be fights that are more interesting because they're five rounds or else they're just every other fight. Every other fight is three rounds. This fight has no benefit of being two extra rounds. Um, just like most heavyweight fights don't. So it, it's, it sucks. We're seeing these dog shit fights. I mean, we got, you know, Tiago Santos and Amanda Limos in main events and uh, Alexander Volkov two times in a row. I mean, this guy has been in like five, six straight main events. Like, come on. Um, anyway, so, I mean, yeah, your analysis was, was spot on. Volkov's going to be throwing more. He's going to be landing more. Rosenstrike's going to be looking to find the counter like he always does. Rosenstrike throws, like, fucking no strikes. I mean, this guy, th- like, he's looking for the perfect shot. Sometimes he finds it against low-level guys. Most of the time he doesn't. I mean, you know, I'm starting to hate both these guys. I've always kind of disliked Rosenstrike just because his fighting style is so boring. And then Volkov is looking, you know, like he's, could be on his way out. I mean, the Turbura fight, he looked a little slow. He still got the job done. The Aspinall fight, he just got demolished start to finish. I mean, you can't give the guy too much slack there because, I mean, Aspinall would do the same thing to Rosenstrike, honestly. So, I don't know. Maybe we're, we're over-evaluating how shot Volkov is because he got demolished by a young up-and-coming guy like Aspinall. But, I mean... I mean, I think he's, you know, starting to be show maybe he's on his way out. I mean, he's got 44 MMA fights as a heavyweight. So, um, you know, he could be very well on his way out. So, uh, you know, gun to my head, my pick does still say Volkov. Uh, but uh, I, I hope Rosenstrike knocks him out just so we don't have to, you know, see any more Volkov fights. But I honestly, I think the odds are just about right. I'd cap this, you know, right where the bet online is, you know, 60, 62% for Volkov. That seems about right to me. Um, Rosenstrike's going to need to find the knockout. I, I doubt he wins by decision. So terrible, terrible fight. Uh, the card is, I'd say decent overall, a couple of good betting spots, uh, maybe two or three good fights sprinkled throughout. Molina and Zumagulov is good. Gravely and Munoz is good. Um, and then the main event or the co-main event is really good. Ige and Ivoyev, but hopefully we get some better fights in the coming weeks. Ozzy best bet parlay time of the we our last one went terribly. I mean, just terrible. Uh, I think we've both lost back to back weeks. So we we need a fucking winner here. Viana Viana should have won that fight, dude. Nah, I don't know about that. Uh, what about who, who's won. your winner this week? Best bet parlay. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I mean, I was down to three, two money lines and a total. But I'm gonna just go with that. Fuck it. I'm gonna just go with that total that I mentioned before that i thought it was going to be worse price but i could get a plus 108 on FanDuel for uh what's his name benoit saint denis and stolzy to go over two and a half give me that okay now we can uh combine this over the books um because it's plus 108 but i'll get here we go Mine, we mine is Joe Selecki, but the the here the quarrel, the, the the issue we're having here is he's minus one eighty four on Fanduel and uh, minus one sixty five on Bet Online. So if you parlayed the two on Fanduel, it would be plus two twenty one, and if you parlayed the two on Bet Online, it would be plus one ninety four. So I guess take the minus one eighty four on on 
on FanDuel. I also think Bro, the, just those are the two picks. Just grade it, whatever. It's graded with the damn the, why doesn't DraftKings have the over two and a half for that fight? It's so dumb. Sometimes they're sometimes they're late updating on bet on or best fight odds for some reason. But yeah, Let's I like do it even money on that one and you know, whatever. Um but yeah. Them- being parlayed is not important, bro. The important thing is getting too much. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to give, trying to give the people an accurate representation here. Come on, like, come on. Uh, anyway, that'll do even, bro. That'll do it for this podcast. Um, hope you all enjoyed. Good to be back after a week off, but the card not so good. Hopefully, the next card is better. I don't, oh yeah, next card is the Glover and Jerry card. Hey, so fuck yeah. Review. Um, that, that'll be good. So we'll we'll be back next next week with a little more energy, a little more enthusiasm behind some of these analysis. And I uh, hope you all enjoy the fights this week. Win some bets. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you all next week. Later.